Good morning. Today is the next to the last Sunday of the church year. It's sometimes called Reformation Sunday because the collect that we read today speaks of the Holy Scriptures, which says that God caused to be written for our learning, that we might read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. So today I'd like to do something a little different. I'd like to have a little show and tell. It would be easier if you had a Bible in your pews. Excellent. Do you? Ah. Well, some of you do. I have to tell you, when I was in seminary, one of my classmates arranged for Carl Henry to come and speak to our theology class. Carl Henry was the editor of Christianity Today, a great evangelical uh, magazine. And he and the professor got into a bit of a theological debate uh, after Henry's talk. And it was so fascinating that uh, when class ended, we all agreed we'd go to another empty classroom and listen to these two men uh, argue. And Henry was, said things that were a little bit critical of some of our um, beliefs. And then he said, but wait a minute, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not saying anything bad about the Episcopal Church. He said, in fact, I've never told anybody this, but if it wasn't for the Episcopal Church, I might never have become a Christian. Because when I was about 14, I was walking along New York City sidewalk, and I went into an Episcopal Church, and I stole the Bible. And somebody in the back of the room said, that's where it went. <laughs> but of course, we hear more scriptures every Sunday than most Protestant churches do. One of my youth group, one time I was asking them something about something in the Bible, and they said, oh, we're Episcopalians, we don't know our Bible. And I said, that's not true. I said, I'll give you any, any situation. I said, let's take the baptism of Jesus. What happened? He said, he was baptized. I said, by who? By John the Baptist. I said, where was he baptized? In the River Jordan. I said, what happened then? He said, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. I said, what happened next? God said, you are my beloved son. I said, see, you know the Bible. You just don't know where to find anything in it. <laughs> That's different. So um, today I'd like to uh, talk about the Bible. Uh, the, the word Bible comes from the Greek word ta biblia, uh, which is actually plural, um, because the Bible isn't one book but many books. The Old Testament has 39 books, and the New Testament has 27 books. Um, the Old Testament was written over uh, a thousand-year period. Uh, the New Testament was written after that uh, in the last quarter of the first century. That's a long time ago. That's before the United States of America was founded. 
That's before Columbus discovered America. That's before London and Paris became permanent settlements. That's before the English language was spoken anywhere on the planet. The amazing thing is that it can still speak to us today. But what is also amazing is that, not that it sounds alien to us, but that it sounded just as alien, just as strange, and just as provocative to the people who first heard it as it does to us. So if you take your Bible and you open it to the middle, you should be in the book of Psalms or maybe Proverbs. Psalms and Proverbs are part of the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. If you go to the left toward the beginning, starting with Genesis, going through to about Chronicles, you'll be in history. If you go to the right after the Psalms toward the back, you'll be in the prophets. The prophets are arranged by the great biblical principle, whoever has the most chapters wins. <laughs> Isaiah has 66 chapters, Jeremiah only has 54, so Isaiah gets to go first. Ezekiel only has 34 chapters, so it comes next. So the way from history to prophecy is through wisdom. The book of Genesis is called the book of Genesis because the first words in the first verse of the book are in the beginning. And the book of Genesis tells the story of the beginning of creation, the Garden of Eden, the patriarchs. At the end of the Bible is the book of Revelation, which paints a picture of the worship of the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of God. The Bible is a book that begins in a garden and ends in a city. We're not a back-to-nature group. We're going somewhere. The New Testament's organized pretty much the same way. The history books are in the front part. The wisdom literature of the apostles, Peter and James and John, are in the middle part, and prophecy, the book of Revelation, is at the end. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are sometimes called the synoptic gospels, which means seen together or seeing together, um, because they are similar. There's a reason for that. Um, we think that Matthew and Luke used Mark as a source for their own gospels, and so much of Mark is included in, in Matthew and Luke. Matthew and Luke also had 
um, a source for some other sayings of Jesus that they have in common with each other too. And then John and Acts. The letters of Paul come next, and how are they arranged? You're right. Whoever has the most chapters wins. Romans and 1 Corinthians both have 16 chapters, so they get to go first. And then 2 Corinthians. And after that, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, which you can remember as General Electric Power Corporation. <laughs> or, if you like, Gentiles eat pork chops. <laughs> I learned all that I know about the book of Revelation from Pat Boone. Get your Holy Bible in the back of the book. Book of Revelation is the place you look. If you understand it and you can, if you try, the Lord is coming from his throne on high. thing is, you really can't understand it. The book of Genesis contains the wonderful stories of Adam and Eve and Noah's Ark and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. The book of Exodus tells the story of Moses and the Red Sea. and The prophets are like collections of poetry. Some are more difficult than others. But, as a parishioner of mine in Mississippi used to say, chew the meat and leave the bones. Karl Barth said that the Bible is the manger in which the Christ child is laid, in which there is also much straw. So, read it. Read some of the stories and skip over the begats. The basic message is clear. John the Baptist, who even though he appears on the, in the beginning of each of the four Gospels, is actually the greatest of the Old Testament prophets because he comes before Jesus. And his message is, after me comes one mightier than I, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Or as Richard Hooker, one of the great 17th century Anglican writers said, the Old Testament bears witness of the Christ who is to come. The New Testament, that Christ has come and is Jesus of Nazareth. And as we read and hear the scriptures, we discover what every deacon and every priest and every bishop in the Episcopal Church has to swear or affirm in their ordination and that the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testament are the Word of God and contain all things necessary to salvation because they bear witness to Jesus and if you believe in your heart and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead you will be saved and so as we read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, we're able to embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life that is given to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.